We're in the kitchen right now, taping yet another episode of thingsmywifesendsme.com. That's the website address. Yeah, that's also the show, isn't it? I, not, not with the dot com. Fine, things my wife sends me. Okay. It works, though. Mm-hmm. They need to know how to get to the website. Yes. All right. If you're still with us, which amazing that there's over 20 of you that have been listening in. 20. Yay. Yeah. I, I would say that's a yay. Yay. Because we're not even advertising. We're just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Seeing if anybody actually listens. Mm-hmm. And they're listening. Yay. Yeah. For those of you who haven't joined us, though, essentially, my wife does an amazing job of finding the stories that headline news doesn't feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she sends it to me via email. Mm-hmm. And then I go through the list of shows, of shows, of news stories that she tells me and pick out a few that we then discuss at our kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Usually while my wife is working on something. Yes. Yeah. What are you working on today? Franks and blankets. Franks and blankets. But not actual real Franks. No. No. And veggie dogs. Veggie dogs. So, veggie dogs in blankets, so can we call it, like, veggie in blankets? I don't know. Sleepy time for the veggies? Really? I don't know. We have to come up with some name. We're going to start off with a fascinating story, which is all about, once again, your favorite subject, Trump. Seriously? Why not? They're probably tired of hearing about this. But I mean, every time I hear about this in the news, my blood pressure goes up, so I, I don't know. But what I'm impressed by, that five North Carolina deputies were disciplined in connection with the Trump campaign rally. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you haven't seen it, because they've been showing it over and over again on the news circuit, that essentially there was a protester at a Trump rally. The protester was being escorted out by the police. And then a member of the audience decided to slug said protester. And after the slug took place, it took an entire day for the sheriff and the deputies to actually do something about the person who was a Trump supporter that slugged the protester. They did nothing. So as a result, several of the disciplined deputies that were involved in the confrontation are going to be facing punishment. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is amazing to see that they are actually going through with this. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, I, I think what they said because the deputies weren't paying attention, kind of, like, didn't do anything in the beginning. Well, what they're saying is, is that it happened right in front of the deputy's face and they took no action. Right. They concentrated all their attention on the protester. Right. And essentially, they're deputies of the law, mm-hmm. not deputies of Donald Trump. Right. I mean, that was like the first thing that came to my mind was, were they being paid off or something? Well... I don't know. Five of them are, are now in some sort of trouble. Mm-hmm. And speaking of trouble, we just learned that Anonymous is going after Donald Trump yes. on April First, April Fool's Day. Which I think is very exciting. I hope it's not a joke, though. I don't know. 
it, it could easily be an April Fool's joke that that oh yeah we're we're not really going after Trump but they're declaring total war on Trump. I mean, it could be a joke, but I feel like most of the time when they say they're going to do something, they follow through. I mean, maybe they're doing that so that they don't feel they're not ready for it. You know. Yeah. So that they're like, oh, it's just a joke. We don't need to prepare. Exactly. So, but in this case, anonymous to summarize, we're asking the hackers out there to shut down his websites to research and expose what he doesn't want the public to know Mm -hmm. to dismantle his campaign sabotage his brand encouraging every able person that has a computer to participate in the operations and this is not a warning this is a declaration of total war against donald trump Mm -hmm. it's too late to expect us it said Mm mm-hmm And separately, there's already been a collection posted of a list of domains that they plan to take down, which includes the TrumpHoteCollection.com, DonaldJTrump.com, along with a bunch of websites that they say might contain personal information about Trump, including locations of his social security number and phone number. Mm -hmm. They are going after everything. I mean, it'll be very interesting. I mean, especially if he's not sharing, you know, information about, like, his taxes and everything that everybody keeps talking about. I don't know. It, this could be a total bombshell, especially yeah. when it comes to the taxes. Right. Whatever information that's, that he's hiding, because he, mm-hmm. he is hiding something. Right. And essentially, they're at, Anonymous is asking for those that don't know how to hack to spread the message to those that you know that do know how to hack mm-hmm. to take care of it. Uh, at the same time, if these hackers are going to be involved in all kinds of criminal activity, if you will, because essentially this is criminal activity that the hackers are doing, right. spreading the message of, hey, we're going to hack everybody and go out there and tell your friends to, to hack. Are you essentially being an accessory to a crime? I mean, you are, but isn't that the same way they handled the other times they've asked people to hack recently? No, exactly. So. But this is the news that's that's going out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a case where Anonymous is pulling an April Fool's joke, and if they are, I mean, it's a really good one, and I hope people take it seriously, but... It'll be very interesting to see what happens. But, yeah, if, if you decide to hack Donald Trump, you're doing that under your own, what is it, fruition? I, I'm volition, tra- yes. We volition, yes. We do not yeah. encourage you to do that. Right. We're, we're not <laughs> encouraging you. We're just going to watch on April 1st and see if anybody actually does it and report if they actually do something. Mm-hmm. But I doubt it. But, but being April yeah, 1st, the hackers are going to not only hack, I imagine, but they are going to pull off some pranks. Mm-hmm. They have to. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. That, that being said, let's take a look at something else that's kind of interesting. It's actually solving a problem that I tend to have, which involves sneakers. Because mm-hmm. Nike... Nike. Nike? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've always thought it was like Nike. No, it's Nike. It's Nike? Yes. Okay, Nike or Nike, depending upon how you pronounce it. Well, I guess I'll go with Nike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I have to listen to you. 
Yes, you do. Okay, I'll listen to you in this case. But with Nike, they are unveiling the first power lacing sneaker. Mm-hmm. Now, I usually have problems myself when it comes to tying my shoes where I think I do a really great job and all of a sudden it unties on you. Mm -hmm. But that just happens to people. Granted, there is a TED Talk that's out there on a way to tie your shoes so that it's always secure, but I've never had the time to actually sit there and watch the video, which is probably dealing with a totally different topic of time management. Mm But they unveiled their first power lacing sneaker that makes the fit looser or snugger on the fly by pressing a button that's on the side of the shoe. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they're saying there'll be a new Nike Plus app as an all-access pass for athletes with running aids and training aids and all kinds of other elements. And they feel this adaptive lacing will become huge because it's going to make a tailored-to-the-moment custom fit. They describe it as when users step into the shoe, their heel has a sensor. Well, I think I thought they said that it doesn't have a sensor yet, but it's going to. Right, they're saying, they're saying will hit, have a sensor. Okay. Will. Because I think they said like that the model they have right now doesn't, but one day it will. Interesting. If, if I remember correctly. Because they're mentioning the athlete can press two buttons on the side that adjust the grip. Right. And they're saying in the future it won't be a manual system. Right, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. But the idea is the shoe sensor will sense when the user needs to have the shoe tightened or loosened. Mm-hmm. It'll make things very interesting. I mean, I feel like it's kind of a rite of passage to learn to tie your shoes. Well, essentially they're saying you're tying your shoes, but this just makes it so that if you don't have the strength to... So it's like more for accessibility? Not necessarily, because it says it's only going to be available for members of its loyal Nike Plus app. So if you're a Nike Plus app user, you're going to have access to this special Nike Hyper Adapt system. Right, but that's separate from the shoe itself, right? No. They're okay. saying the self-lacing sneaker will start out and only be available for members of the Nike Plus app. Mm-hmm. So that has nothing to do with so accessibility it's like it's not whatsoever. Be sold in stores yet. No. Okay. No, and the price wasn't even revealed. Mm-hmm. So essentially, they're targeting the techies that are already using their techie devices right. versus those that might see it in the store and see it as a gimmick. See, I think that that's, in, in a lot of ways, it's a smart way to start because you're going to assume that the techies are the first ones who are going to kind of figure out how it works and figure out if it doesn't work. Right. But... At the same time, don't forget people who know their technology are often kind of like in a different um, wavelength from people who don't. Well, you're going to say it's a different category. Yeah, but I I think what I mean is that, you know, let's say eventually this shoe gets marketed to everybody and it's like in all the shoe stores, right? Right. Um, If they start out just marketing to techies, 
and techies figure it out, but the average user who's not a techie does not figure it out, then they might have some adapting to do. Well, that brings up Google with Google Glass, mm -hmm. where they tried really hard to get that out there, and they started with techies. But as a result, those that weren't techies that weren't able to use it started accusing Google of creating a device that could watch them while they were in the bathroom. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it kind of... I think as more and more things become automated in our world, we run the risk of having people hack into them more and more. I mean, right. not that like, you're going to have somebody hack into your shoes. That's kind of weird. But I mean, frankly, you could. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they would do to them unless they sort of rig it up so you can't get your shoes off. I right. Mean, and then it's the like a, you know, a prank. I'm sure somebody would figure out eventually some futuristic. I know. can I can only imagine they right. hack into the shoe. Right. And it's it's a new form of bullying. Right. Um you can't get your shoe off. It's true. For gym right. class. It's very true. Like little Johnny, why can't you get your shoe off for gym? Right. Someone hacked my sneaker. Right. Yeah, that's... Is that our future? I hope not. <laughs> I mean, it's sad because, like... I mean, like you said, like, other people can, can end up getting control over these things and really use it for nefarious purposes. And, you know, there's enough bullying as is. Like, to just... To open it up to have... To give people more control over, you know, things that are... You, that you're using that are like attached to you, you know, like your shoes, um, that can lead them to have more control over things that you don't want them to have control over. But at the end of the day, I, I agree with you as far as the accessibility community. Yeah, for that, it can be very, very interesting. So why aren't they targeting that? That is a major question that I well, that they I didn't like think of. a lot of. of these companies kind of don't start there. I mean, look at, like, the Apple Watch, right? Yeah. Like, it's probably, I would assume, great for people who, um, you know, have accessibility issues or whatever and, you know, need it to help guide them places or something. Or any um, type of smartwatch. Right, any any type of smartwatch. But, like, the, those things were not, you know, I, I don't think that they, like, started out marketing it that way. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. But people can look that information up online to see more about how that worked but the smartwatch community didn't necessarily start off saying hey here's this great accessibility piece they looked more at it from fashion right and that, that i mean that's what i'm saying like i feel like this is just going down the same road where it's not it's it's a great technology but the marketers have it wrong possibly yes i mean in other words, I think, uh, yeah, like, I think a lot of these things would probably do better off in the beginning if they did market towards that community. But, I mean, look at it this way. Like, that's only a segment of the population. Right. So, you know, and I, I, I don't know what percentage of the population, but if they only market it as something for people with accessibility needs and the other people out there are going to be like, well, I don't want that. I'm, I'm I mean, that's just the, the hard truth of it, right? I'm thinking about this in a little bit of a different direction. For those um, like ourselves that happen to be religious Jews, for example, you can't use electronics. Right, so, on, on Shabbos. On Shabbos. I mean, I was thinking of that, you know, which is like Friday night, Saturday. Right. I, so, I mean, I was thinking of that rest. too. So, 
you know, the question is, is this going to get to a point where it's like typewriters versus computers? You know, you have the old-fashioned sneaker that is not automated, you know, and you have to, like, search far and wide to find it. I, 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 fe- I feel, though, with, with the Jewish community, if it became a case where all of a sudden all of the laces became this automated self-tying lace... Like they would just figure it out their own way. Right. There would, there would be someone within the community that... Because there are enough people for there to be a market for uh, non-self-tying shoes. Right. Like, in other words, it probably wouldn't... Like, the entire market probably wouldn't completely switch over. And, I mean, the other thing we don't know is, like, how well this thing actually works. Because it's so new. Nobody does because it's it's not even out. Right, it's like the same issue with like the Google Glass, right? Like, you know, it's all exciting now, but maybe it'll flop. Well, let's take a look at TV sets. There used to be 3D TVs that were all the rage, except the consumers did not understand the importance of it. And 3D glasses went out by the wayside. Mm -hmm. Now it's all about VR, virtual reality, Mm -hmm. which actually looks a lot better. And, I mean, excuse my ignorance, but um, is that actually, like, out on the market right now, or is that just something that's being developed? It's out on the market because Facebook bought up a company called Oculus Rift. Right. And with Oculus Rift, you can actually purchase... I think they have Mm pre-orders that's available. I don't know if anybody's actually received their items yet, but... So it's still very new. It's not like people have it in their homes already. Mm, I don't believe they have it in their homes, but I know people can pre-order it. I'm looking up right now. Yes. So each customer can purchase just one at $599. That's crazy. Yeah. For just the, the, for the whole TV set or for the... It's the not purchase? a TV. It's a set of goggles that you put on your head and each individual person has to have their own set of goggles. So it's like Fahrenheit 451. If you will, yes. Okay. Do you, do you want to explain that though for those that might not have read Fahrenheit 451? Well, like you. Possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there, there's a... Uh, the situation in the book where the main character's wife, I mean, if I remember correctly, I think I had to read it, like, twice in school, um, where she is, like, always using these essentially virtual reality um, glasses. So she, like, kind of spends a lot of time in this living room that has, like, a screen on each side, and she's always wearing these glasses. If, if I remember, I think she's wearing glasses that make her feel like she's in another world. Interesting. You know, which is essentially, you know the precursor to virtual reality. Um, no, and it reminds me, it just reminds me a lot of that. I mean, it's a very futuristic book, obviously. Forget which year it was written in, but, um, you know, and, and what happens in that book is that, you know, because she's so enmeshed in this sort of so-called virtual reality world, um, she's not really very conscious of what's happening in the real world. And so she she kind of doesn't end up actually having much connection with her husband, the main character, and, you know. It was published in 1953. Really? For yes. some reason, I thought it was, like, the 70s or something. Acqu- I don't know. According to Google, 1953. Wow. And it was published even earlier before that in a magazine. Mm. The and whole book? No, not the whole book. Like, parts of it? 
so let me just get this back up again because I just had this information up. Yeah, because I mean, I I remember the book the book pretty clearly because I'm like somebody who really likes books, and you know it, the book was basically about um, you know what would happen if books were banned. I think right. I'm I'm I mean, not read it, I'm not sure, <laughs> but what they were saying it's, it's a society where where they're banned and it's like very uh, everything's very controlled. Yes, so in 1951, it was published in Galaxy Science Fiction, mm-hmm. in that publication, mm-hmm. and then in 1953, two years later, they decided to expand it and take it out of the publication and make it an actual book. Mm-hmm. So it started off as a magazine article, if you will. Yeah. I think a lot of books back then kind of did. I mean, I remember hearing that about a lot of books in the 1800s. A lot of, you know, a lot of authors would kind of get their start in these magazines. Yeah. um, According to Gradesaver.com, it was used as a vehicle through which to protest what the author believed was invasiveness of editors who, through their strict control of books they printed, impair writers' originality and creativity. Hmm. A vehicle of protest against censorship that has often been edited for its foul language. Uh-huh. I didn't know there was foul language. So it was, it was meant about... Wow, because... I mean, the way I always interpreted it, or the way we were kind of pushed to interpret it in school, was like, you know, a sweeping example of like what could happen to society, like 1984. You know, like you'd have like units in school, and they'd be like, okay, now we're going to read 1984, Fahrenheit 451, and I forget what the other one was. You know, like over and over. Which is, you know, obviously it's all weird because now I look at the world and some of that stuff is coming true. Yeah, so, so according to this, They're saying um, the story of Fireman Guy first appeared in a short story called The Fireman, Mm -hmm. which was published in Galaxy Science Fiction 1951, and then 1953, the book was published, and it was written as a social criticism warning against the dangers of censorship. Okay, yeah, so... Well, that was his intention. Right. But it wasn't intended to be a, uh, a piece about the editors? It states here that, that it condemns anti-intellectualism of the defeated Nazi party in Germany mm-hmm. and right. the oppressive political climate that was taking place in the early 1950s. Yeah, I can see that. And actually, they said that the books that also followed social criticism that should be paired up with Fahrenheit 451, they're mentioning Animal Farm, uh-huh. which was 1984. Yeah. I didn't realize that was 1984. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It, it seemed, though, that Fahrenheit 451 was written more in our time. Based upon what I'm seeing. Yeah. I mean, I think Fahrenheit 451 always felt like um, the technology that they mentioned, it wasn't so advanced. You know, aside from this uh, virtual reality situation thing. But, you know, they had televisions back then, so. 
I, I think the book was a little bit more written about you know the caution of the censorship as opposed to crazy technological things that are going to happen in the future. Right. Well, maybe you might actually get me to read a book. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that would be exciting. I'm actually curious now about this because I'm, I'm looking. It's not too long. All right, I, might... I mean, some of those futuristic books are hard to read, but I mean, it depends what kind of books you like. I mean, I, I was never a really big fan of science fiction, so it's, it's that's just me. It's weird considering it a futuristic book when we are in the future. Right. I mean, we're broadcasting right now to a world audience that can decide or not decide if they want to listen to us. Right. We are in the future. But that, it, that's not really the future. I mean, like... That's like the, you know, having a radio station back then. It's not so different. Right, but that radio station, did it really make it across the entire world? Okay, well, probably not. I mean, I, I imagine with the right towers. Yeah. You really needed to know what you... Fine, okay. Yeah, and they also had Morse code and other right. elements available. So I guess Telegrams. that kind of... What? Telegrams. Telegrams? Yeah. Yeah. That too. Okay. Uh, last story. That was a big tangent. It was a good tangent, though. It was though. a good tangent, yes. It, it was one of our better tangents. Yes. It's, it's like a fine wine. Yes. Uh, dozens of FBI agents are making raids in multiple locations in Muncie and Kiryal Joel. Kiryat Joel. Oh, is that, is it? Okay, yeah. Kiryat Joel. Uh, so, essentially, they're part of an investigation whether Rockland Yeshivas properly spent money obtained through a federal government E-rate program, which came into existence in 1998. And you should probably clarify that Yeshivas are Jewish schools. Yes, Yeshivas are, are Jewish schools. Like very strict Jewish schools. Yeah, but the, the whole problem about these E-rate programs is that they're used for schools and library programs which administer computers and internet which is something that most yeshivas wouldn't actually well from that that part of judaism yes right utilize but, right because they don't believe in it and looking further into the story the story was actually broke a while ago way before these raids by the jewish press mm-hmm so they actually wrote an entire article explaining what was happening. And even uh, Jewish Week in Manhattan and the Jewish Daily Forward also published questioning the high percentage of E-rate dollars in New York State that was going to the Hasidic schools and libraries. Mm -hmm. Of course, noting that many of these schools prohibited students to actually use the internet. Right. And as a result from one of the Jewish Week articles that was out there, it led to that school being shamed and returning $900,000 to the government. Yeah. And that began the entire process of the raid. Right. Well, I mean, we're not here to, like, you know, blast anybody, but, like, you need to be honest with your, you know your choices of accepting money from the government. Right. I mean, I know, like, these schools and sort of that segment of the Jewish religion doesn't always um, hold, you know, government laws so, you know, in such high standard, you know, and they have the right to have whatever opinion they have, but, um, you know, people are paying for it. 
including mm-hmm. other Jewish people. Right. Um, and yeah, I just think, especially for schools, they really need to, whatever kind of school, I mean, you, you need to set whatever example, you know, you want the kids in your school to, you know, follow. Exactly. And so I'm sure, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much the kids saw of this FBI raid, but, you know, kids remember stuff. Actually, they, how young they are. They were mentioning in some of the schools, uh, some, and some of the schools were literally garages. Yeah. Which really made no sense that had been converted into classrooms. Well, I mean, it's like in Eastern Europe, they did things like that. Not, not the same, but you know, you like learned in a school room. It wasn't like a whole formal building. No, exactly. The students were tossing a football in the background while the investigators did their work. Right. And 22 separate search warrants in just one area was part of the investigation, and they haven't even stated how many they're going to be going after, but Mm. they're saying this is going to be major, and it's a black mark on the entire community. Right. I mean, I think that goes with any community. I mean, you need to represent your people. It's just like this country needs to represent itself properly. Right? I mean... Exactly. Because other people are looking at you. I mean, you need to, you need to set a, a good example for everybody else who might follow, you know, your ideas and really everybody else who's looking at you. I mean, it's just like... To, like, to bring this to the whole idea of anti-Semitism and stuff and, like, you know, people judging other people negatively, like... You know, it, it's it's just like with bullying, okay? <laughs> Keep going back to bullying. Well, it's always bullying. I know, I know. But, like, if, you know, if you are sort of, if you're the one who's being bullied and you are just doing everything properly and everything, like, at the end of the day, you get the last laugh. Yeah. So we are out of time. Wow, okay. That was 30 minutes. Wow. That, yeah, we got to spend some quality time together. Isn't that Yay. nice? <laughs> How's the hot dogs looking? They're almost finished. All right, excellent. So the hot dogs are almost finished. Well, the veggie dogs, which means dinner time. Along with that, we got through all our stories. Want to thank everybody for joining us on the show, thingsmywifesendsme.com. You forgot your line again. I I forgot my line again? Yes. Check out our website. It's amazing. I love my wife. That's, that's very nice, but you're, you're missing it again. Okay. And remember, always listen to your wife. That's right. <laughs> we'll see you next time.